Hello, and welcome to the Workplace Justice Podcast. This podcast helps to inform and empower you about your rights within the workplace. We cover topics and examples of various matters in employment law, including sexual harassment, pregnancy discrimination, racial discrimination, how the courts define a hostile work environment, whistleblowing, and everything in between. Workplace Justice is brought to you by the New York City Employment and Civil Rights Law Firm, Nassar Law Group. Here are your hosts, Mahir Nassar, Casey Wolnowski, and Jeffrey Rosenberg. So I would like to start the show by just talking a little bit about your work. Now, you work with labor and with labor rights issues. So I'd like to know what sort of cases do you work? If you could give a few, perhaps some examples of some kind of notable cases that you've worked on and you've been involved with. Absolutely. And thank you so much for the opportunity to speak with all of you that are tuning in today. My name is Maher Nassar. I am the principal and founder of the Nassar Law Group. I'm an employment attorney. I represent individuals, employees within the workplace that are experiencing unlawful discrimination discrimination on the basis of their race, religion, their national origin, their gender, their sexual orientation, pregnancy, a disability, their age. And there's so many ways that people can be treated differently within the workplace. And there are laws, both on a federal level, state level, and a city level that provide you protection. And knowing those laws is what empowers you. I happen to also be a board certified coach. As a life coach, I try to empower my clients to be able to fight the very good fight that they have to actually raise their voice for, to empower them with the knowledge of how to go about actually exercising their legal rights. So the work that I do is all about empowering the individual within the workplace to make sure that they have an equal opportunity, an equal opportunity at upward mobility, and to have a workplace that is free from unfair treatment and abuse. So that is the kind of work I do. We have been doing this work. I've been practicing law since 2009 in New York, as well as New Jersey. And I have been very privileged to be able to help many people in this very important area, especially in light of the Muslim community's struggles after 9-11. The challenges that we have faced, I think, has become even more necessary for individuals that are working, going to public accommodations or in their housing to know what their legal rights are in order to effectively advocate for themselves and others that they know when their rights are being violated. So you mentioned a few things. You said that the Muslim community in particular faces more like discriminatory treatment at the workplace than maybe some other communities. Well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, it's, it's hard to really gauge whether or not there is more than the other. I think any form of discrimination on the basis of religion, the basis of national origin, on the basis of somebody's racial identity. These are all things that have been happening in the United States for many years. And this is something that goes back to the history of the foundation of this country. So this has been a recurring theme. 9-11 and what happened afterwards in terms of targeting Muslims, the mainstream media's viewpoint of circulating stereotypes and generalizations certainly impacted not only the Muslim community, but also other communities in which people would perceive them to be Muslim. And what is that based upon? That's based upon what? People within the United States are given this impression that we are all Arab or that we are all terrorists. That was what the mainstream media was engaging in, in terms of trying to put our religion, our faith, and the people that practice it into one single box. 
And the reality is, is, as you may know, there's a lot of diversity within the Muslim community. We make up over, I would say, over 2 billion people. We don't know what the statistics are on the numbers, but there are many Muslims in the world, and they make up throughout the world a very, very diverse population. So that being said, unfortunately, a lot of people after 9-11 within their workplace, within general society, have faced a lot of hate, a lot of racism, and a lot of unfair treatment as a result of what people perceive them to be and where they're from. And so the objective in this is for everyone to be able to know what their legal rights are as far as being treated unfairly on the basis of what an individual perceives of them or knows of them and what they think of them. The idea is that they should always have an equal opportunity under the law by knowing how to effectively advocate for themselves so that they're given a fair shot. What would you say, I, I know you mentioned discrimination there, but what would you say is the biggest challenge right now that is facing laborers as a whole? I want to just, just also mention, I think CARE as the most preeminent civil rights organization for the Muslim community has done a phenomenal job. I think that they have effectively catered to advocacy on the ground level for the people that need it the most. And because of that, there has been such a remarkable change in the culture within our communities in terms of exercising and knowing our rights. And so that's one of the most important things that I think that we still have a lot of work to do in. In terms of the things that we see a lot of discrimination on the basis of religious garb, in terms of wearing hijab, we see a lot of issues in, involving religious accommodation, seeking prayer times, and being able to take out that prayer time within your workplace and knowing how to go about it. So that way, as you request uh, time for prayer, or perhaps you're in Ramadan and you want to make sure that you are able to break your fast if it's within your work schedule and you're seeking an accommodation, how to effectively go about it. The number one thing that I always advocate for, and all my social media platforms advocate for this, because I want to be able to give every single person out there, whether they're Muslim, Christian, or any religious basis, to know exactly what their rights are as people, as individuals. And ultimately, we want to cater to a better society in which there is inclusivity, and that there is diversity and equity and equality. And the idea here is that you want to always document you always want to develop a paper trail, document any instances in which you're requesting something from your employer, or if you feel like there's something unfair, you always want to make sure that there's a paper trail reflecting that you are raising a complaint about something that is unfair. If you feel as if you're being treated differently because you wear a hijab, if there are comments being made about your religion or things that are being said as a result of something that's happened in the current events in which you are being looked at or treated differently for you should document a complaint of it to your HR or anyone within your company that controls the terms and conditions of your employment. And to make sure you do it via email, you're specific about what you're complaining about. You want to be specific and say that I'm being treated differently on the basis of certain comments that are made by this person on so-and-so day. They made me feel this way. They made me feel as if my religion and my faith and where I'm from was an issue for them. And they made me feel very uncomfortable. And I'd like you to look into this. And you want to retain a copy of this because that is evidence that you made that complaint. The one thing you want to know, that when you make a complaint of that nature, it's protected under the law. The law protects you for actually complaining about unlawful discrimination within a workplace. This is the tip that I give out all the time. And I want everybody to be aware of it. I want people to know it, share it with everyone. So that way they're empowered in effectively holding their employers and their workplaces accountable to making sure that they are treated fairly. I would say that, unfortunately, 
And very unfortunately, this does not only apply to the Muslim, but people that fall into a protected class, those people that are minorities, those people that have underlying disabilities, they're not really familiar with what, how to advocate, how to effectively advocate for situations in which they're being treated unfairly. The first step is to recognize why, when you're being treated unfairly, how you are being treated and how that could be discriminatory, recognizing that. Looking at your environment, looking at your colleagues, looking at your supervisor's behavior, or how is that supervisor or manager treating your coworkers? And are you noticing that your coworkers are being treated better? They're being asked, they're being told, they're being greeted, they're being invited. And are you in the same equation being treated fairly? Are you being greeted? Are you being taken care of? Do you notice that there are certain disparate treatment, meaning that are they treating you differently than others? Those are the first signs. And sometimes you have to look beyond yourself and you have to look exactly how others are being treated in that same situation. I think, unfortunately, people are just simply at this stage. And it's not it's not really people's fault. I think I'll go as far as saying that corporations, employers do not want people to be familiar with their legal rights, especially when it could hold that employer accountable. Right. It would be very unfortunate. We live in a society in which, unfortunately, there's a lot of corporate donations that go into politics that effectively cater to the laws that we have. And a lot of these companies, such as the mainstream media, doesn't really put out information. So it's like for people like us, attorneys out there that are trying to spread the information, trying to do it. Luckily, I've been very fortunate on TikTok to be able to develop a following there in which I share all these tips at Discrimination Lawyer. And my objective in that is to spread the knowledge. You know, I'll be honest with you. When I went to law school, I didn't even know. I didn't even know. I was in law school and I did not know that as somebody that happens to be of a non-white background, that I have certain legal rights that protect me in a work environment. I didn't know that. And how would I have known that unless I had read it somewhere or I had been told that, yeah, this is what the rights are that you have. And I think a lot of people that are outside of the law, or even lawyers for that matter, are really unaware of how much power an employee and individual has. And because of this, the objective is to continuously spread the nation to empower people in knowing that if they're ever put in a position to be treated unfairly on the basis of who they are, especially when it's a protected class, especially for the Muslim community, that they know how to effectively advocate for themselves and hold that employer accountable. So that way they have a fair shot. You mentioned that you use uh, TikTok as a means to spread this uh, very important information. It does seem nowadays that especially the younger members of our community are beginning to, to get more comfortable with advocating for their rights and particularly so in the workplace. That seems to me to be a positive move. Would you say that that holds true that in general, younger people are perhaps more prepared or more willing to speak out? I would think that uh, yes and no. I think that a lot of the younger generation at this point is very comfortable with having access to information, right? They have their phones at their fingertips, and they're, they're able to consume a lot of information more than perhaps when I was born and when I was raised. And uh, although I'm not that old, I, I certainly use my phone quite frequently. But I can say this is that that people are much more aware about what's going on in the world. And they're aware and they feel when there is something that is unfair. 
people are sharing videos. I think the fact that your phone has a camera on it has changed the landscape. We're able to capture things that the mainstream media just simply will not show. That we're able to tweet certain things that perhaps the mainstream media will never even cover. There is a lot of information that is circulating in social media and has been circulating in social media that provides a source of how there is so much injustice and oppression that exists throughout the world, not just the United States. And I think that uh, the younger generation has a very great opportunity to be able to raise these issues and to spread knowledge about them so that we can try to cater to change uh, within our society. But I do think that having access to information and also having the choice to choose what information you actually will review and view is really where the issue comes about. I don't think people are that interested in looking at civil rights issues as far as their time on social media as much as they're looking at you know people having a good time or perhaps something that's funny. So that's that's where I try to do the best I can in trying to be entertaining as well as give out as much information as I can in the process of entertaining them. So it's a tough thing to do. Right. And it's certainly very important work that I'm sure has positive impact on our younger people who are now beginning to go into the workplace. So in terms of now for employees who are maybe asking for an accommodation, for instance, time to pray, or as we spoke about before, the time to break the fast. Now, would you say that employees should be perhaps afraid or apprehensive about doing so, given that sometimes they can be met with discriminatory action from their supervisors, or that it could somehow cause difficulties in that relationship? I don't think that there's anything to fear. I don't think that there's any reason for anyone to ever fear in exercising their rights. It's how you actually exercise those rights and seek an accommodation that will protect you. And this is why it's so important. I know a lot of people will not want to do this because they might think that it's a little bit confrontational. And I think a lot of people fear that. And and it's understandable. It's taken me many years to be able to overcome the fear of confronting things and raising my voice about things that I feel I am entitled to. And those are my legal rights. So. For me and for people that are within the Muslim community, they need to be aware that if you're seeking an accommodation for prayer or for Ramadan or for some other religious event in which you want to attend and you want to take time off, the most important thing, the biggest friend that you will have in requesting those accommodations, the thing that will actually protect you is to develop a paper trail via email and retain a copy of it. You don't want to do it verbally. I know a lot of people will go in, speak to the supervisor, have a friendly conversation and say, hey, you know what, I'm going to be needing to take off uh, you know, a few minutes throughout the day to make my prayers. Uh, I hope that's okay with you. And they may say on your face, yeah, yeah, that's fine. But then you may realize that down the road that they start treating you unfairly and it starts to bug them. Perhaps they saw something on the news and now they're starting to treat you unfairly because you're a practicing Muslim that that is taking the time out to pray. There could be a number of things that could go into the mind of somebody that does not like what you're doing. And they're not going to say it. They're not going to say, you know what? I don't like you as a Muslim. People are much more familiar with what their obligations are as people in supervisory roles. Companies actually engage in a lot of training, racial sensitivity training, diversity training, and all forms of training to make sure that their employees and people in management roles do not engage in unlawful activities such as discriminatory actions. So they're familiar with what they can and cannot say. 
So a lot of these things will become more subtle in nature, more, more difficult for you to recognize, but it will over time start to impact you. And the one thing that will, what you'll realize is that if you don't have a paper trail reflecting your request, you'll have absolutely no proof to show that you had made a request for a religious accommodation and the treatment thereafter began to be retaliatory, meaning that they started to treat you worse once they learned that you were seeking this religious accommodation. This is why it's so important that you have a paper trail. Your employer is not going to hurt you because you requested via email. As a matter of fact, they may even, they're going to be walking on eggshells around you. They're going to be looking at you as somebody that has exercised their protected rights. They're protected. And the email is the evidence that you actually requested that accommodation. So don't fear it. Just do it in the right manner. That way you have evidence of doing it. And if you feel as if you're being receiving some unfair treatment thereafter, or if you feel as if something is being held against you, then document a complaint via email. Specify the type of discrimination, in this case, religious discrimination, and retain a copy of it. So that way you always have a record and that your employer knows that you have a record of it. Once their attorneys look at it and they see the trail, they're going to be pretty much advising their client that they need to investigate this and correct this, not for themselves, but for you. So that's the way that I would recommend going about this. Just sort of to bring us to a close here, because I know that, that you're pressed for, for time, busy with very important work. So what would you say, or if you believe that there are any changes to the current laws that you think would benefit the rights of Muslims in the workplace and labor rights as a whole? I think right now, I'll focus on the things that are more pressing right now. Right now, employers are mandating that employees get vaccinated. Okay, It's really important that if you have an underlying medical condition, that you speak to your doctors about seeking an exemption for it, if that's what you need. If your medical professional recommends that you don't get vaccinated, speak to your medical professional and then document a request for an accommodation with your employer. Beyond that, there are other things you got to keep in mind. This has been a very difficult time for so many people. This pandemic has impacted us mentally and emotionally in so many different ways. I don't know about you, but I can say that a lot of people feel a little bit stigmatized. There's a little bit of a stigma that exists with mental health impact within our society. And I may be making a generalization, but I'm saying this out there so that way you know that in the event that you are really experiencing difficulty in your mental health at this time, that you can actually seek an accommodation for it. You can seek a medical accommodation, speak to a psychiatrist, speak to a psychologist, and request an accommodation all via email. This is a very, very important time. And this important time means it's an important time for you to take care of yourself. So make sure that you exercise those rights. So that's those are the two things that I have been seeing more often than not. If you happen to be pregnant and perhaps you're on maternity leave and you're getting set to return back to work, the most important thing that you can do is to make sure that you're getting the accommodations that you need in order to take care of yourself after birth or even during birth, if there's any other underlying medical condition which requires you to get an accommodation. And with all things, no matter whether it's on your race, religion, your national origin, a disability, a pregnancy, so important to make sure everything that you do and request from your employer is documented by email and you retain a copy of it. That's my closing on this issue. I think that, you know, our society, our community, we just need to be a little bit more aware of the power that we all have. We are blessed with so much and our community has so many amazing people within it. 
And it would be such an important thing for all of us to be united in the cause of protecting each other. You know, if you see something, if you see somebody being unfairly treated, whether they're Muslim or not, raise your voice, take out your phone and record it. If you are present in any kind of public environment and you notice that somebody's being attacked, take out your phone and record it and try to help get people to help out in stopping it. The most important thing that you want to do is always develop a record, whether it's via your your phone. You want to also keep in mind that you can record conversations in New York. It's a one-party state. In other states, you want to look at your specific laws to see whether or not you're a two-party state or a one-party state and whether or not you can actually record a conversation. You want to record things at times when you feel as if you know, you're, you're not being treated fairly. This is the only way that you're going to be able to deal with it. And there are many situations in which that may occur. And I think that those are the things that I would say is to always document, record, and, and protect each other. Because one thing you'll also know is that as a witness to any unfair treatment within the workplace, you are protected against retaliation for having made a complaint on behalf of somebody else. So the law actually encourages you to speak up. And I'm hopeful that people that have undergone so much difficulty and challenges that the Muslim community will be an advocate for all people. And, I, and they have been. So I'm, I'm very proud of the work that also CARE is doing, done a phenomenal job in advocating for people, people that are coming in from Afghanistan, people that have been in this country as a result of all the oppression and unfair treatment that has been happening throughout the world. And as always, we're very supportive of CARE's work and, and all the Muslim community that is supporting CARE. Thank you. Thank you. Of course, we are honored to be able to be doing this this work for our community. And we thank you as well for the great work that you've done, thank you. not only for defending the rights of Muslims in the workplace, but working to ensure that they know what their rights are and that they know how to exercise them. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us today on the Workplace Justice Podcast. Love this episode? Leave us a review and tell us what you think about our show. If you haven't subscribed yet, head over to iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app to subscribe to our show so you'll never miss a new episode. Need help? Talk to an employment lawyer today. Visit our website at nisarlaw.com or call 212-600-9534 for your free case evaluation. See you in the next episode.